can't judge a film by its cover because the cover for this movie is terrible. In this surprisingly enjoyable kidnap heist thriller, Nick Cage teams up with director Simon West for Stolen, released in 2012. I'm joined this week by Phil Duke of My Celluloid Heart Podcast to find out what would we do if we in Will Montgomery's shoes. How are you, Phil? I am good. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm buzzed. Um I'll say straight off the bat like before before I ask you a couple of questions. I yeah. really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was I had seen it before, but it's my wife was like, "Yeah, we saw this." And I go, "Yeah, but look at all these people. Like it's good. Like it's a heist film. It's everything you want in a movie." Like, it, you know. And I I I genuinely think this is one of the ones that has like fallen by the wayside. And I'm so glad that I'm going across like along this weird journey of watching every Nick Cage film. Cause I get, I get to see a movie like this, but before we, before we really like get into the meat and of it, let, let's start off with the vegetables, which is my, uh, my questions I ask everyone, which is, are you a Nicholas Cage fan, Phil? Yes. I, uh, I counted up that I've seen 51 of his movies. I think he's done 110 or something. So, yeah. Um, there's some of the main ones that I haven't seen. Like I haven't seen uh, uh, one that I've been wanting to see, and I haven't seen the uh, David Lynch one. Uh, Wild at Heart. Well, it, yeah, Wild at Heart. Yeah. To use my analogy again about uh, about yeah, like a dinner. It's like you're saving you're saving the kind of like the best bit until last. <laughs> like yeah. that 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 is a, that is a fan. That, that, yeah, that's a fantastic film, and just really utilizes Cage in a in a unique way. Yeah, yeah. So what was your entry point on Nicolas Cage? What was the first movie you remember seeing? Probably uh, Raising Arizona and, uh, you know, Raising... And, of course, you know, you the little roles of, like, oh, hey, look, he's in Fast Times at Richmond High. You know, there he is, you know. Um, but probably uh, Raising Arizona. And then, of course, you know, when The Rock came out, I watched The Rock. And, you know, I'm older than you. I'm 48, so... You know, I saw the rocket, you know, I'm in my twenties. I'm like, man, this is fucking cool. That's awesome. <laughs> and Con Air is funny because when I saw it, I was working in a movie theater, saw Con Air, and I'm like, oh my God, how cheesy and stupid. But when you watch that movie for it knows what it is. And so when you watch it for what it is, you're like, okay, this is fun. Well, that's really interesting because um Simon West, the director of this movie, directed Con Air. So this is like a long a long time coming and around this time in like Cage's career, he has, he has been like teaming up with a lot of his old like cohorts from around that time, whether it's like Joel Schumacher for the underwhelming, should we say trespass. <laughs> yeah. And then like, I guess it's that thing of like slotting in hat. Yeah. It's what is your relationship with someone like, like a good friend It's do you slot back in and like still create the, the jazz that you're used to as friends or, or is it a bit more stale and this one is very much like oh they they, they speak the same language yeah uh, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's really, yeah, yeah it's a scorsese dicaprio type thing or de niro dicaprio like not 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 that it's everybody's <laughs> going oh my god it's a great movie i'm gonna go but uh that it's that that connectivity sometimes you see that where it's like oh these guys are back together again and then it just falls on his face. So, well, one one thing, like obviously, yeah, I'll, I'll say this before I ask you the final question is, um, 
this reminded me of other movies but like a lot of the time that's really bad like for me i always find like it's like i'd, I'd rather be watching that movie but i'm like oh no this this sits up with those movies in a way yeah. do you know what i mean like it's yeah like, yeah and we'll, yeah we'll get into like what movies they are that it it, it it brought to my mind but yeah it's it's got it's got a lot going for it and uh, yeah yeah from I'm not sure if like you've seen the po- the poster for this, but it's it's bad, right? It's, it's bad. I think it's just him standing there, like maybe the cab is there, but it's just like him, like a silhouette of him. Well, yeah, there's there's another one as well, like I don't know, the art department or like the kind of marketing department on this really did it a disservice because there's this horrible one which like a, a big thing for me is like I love Nicolas Cage, but like the man can't run like yeah he... i i we were we talked about it before when we talked and i noticed it in this one i'm like i'm like you know we'll get to it later but i'm like okay he's hurt but he's still he's running like he's just learning how to run yeah he's like the anti tom cruise like tom yeah. cruise they get him to run in movies because like yeah he's good at it like yeah yeah he looks good and yeah he can do it whereas like or, Kate... or mel mel gibson in lethal weapon you know yeah Whereas, like, play play to strengths. Like, Nick Cage cannot run. Like, yeah. like he's, he looks in pain every yeah. time he's running. And, like, <laughs> Simon West has, like, kind of forgot that, like, this is nearly, like, 20 years later. Like, he's not the, he's not the spring chicken he was when they made yeah. Con Air. Um, so, yeah, before we dive in, what is your favorite Nick Cage movie? Um. And again, it was cheesy, but at the time that Face Off came out, I was big into John Woo. I'd seen a Better Tomorrow, Better Tomorrow 2, you know, uh, uh, Killer I'd seen twice, like just right after each other, and uh, Hard Boiled and all that. So when Face Off came out, I was like, oh, Nick Cage and Tom and, uh, and John Travolta, this is perfect. And it did all the John Woo stuff. And so uh, I loved it. But now when you look at it, a lot of people go, oh, this is a little cheesy, you know. Well, that's actually a movie that, like, is his highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, a lot of people regard that as, like, a, a good movie. And, like, I guess you got to think of everything in, like, context. Like, yeah. For, for now, we've seen, like, that that kind of, pre- like, not, not, not the, the face switch, but that kind right, of, like... Right. That kind of thriller premise and like, do you know what I mean? That kind of taking yeah. two big names and like throwing them together is, you see it week in, week out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. You stay from and rock. It's well, kind of like. And that's more of a fam- a movie that the whole family could watch. Raising Arizona is a quirky comedy. Um, you know, Con Air is kind of cheesy. So people go, oh, that's too cheesy. This one's more middle of the road action movie. You know, Face Off is where I think more people can go, okay, that's my kind of movie. And yeah. so you got the women, the men, the kids, you know, everything. Well, and it's got that interesting thing as well that, like, I guess, like, John Woo, like, really, like, made a name for himself in the States with this, right? Like, this is yeah. kind of, like, his big breakout to be, like, I've been doing all this, like... Yeah, hard hard target yeah. kind of failed, and then this was, like, yeah. Yeah, so I've been doing, like, and yeah, like again like took a took a very left turn when he like worked with cage again with uh wind talkers which is a complete like departure Uh. from like uh, (laughs) what like kind of john woo is known for for this kind of like 
hard-boiled like action yeah. uh thrillers and um yeah face off face off is just it's a very it's a very distinct and obviously like it's probably it's got to be up there as one of the most like well not just well regarded but kind of well referenced nick cage movies i guess yeah. like i i think pe- even people who haven't seen the movie would know either the the face when he's like dressed up as the priest or they will kind of like no 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 the famous like like face off yeah like yeah 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 the yeah yeah or him on the him on the plane or whatever you know looking out the door and yeah and like as somebody who kind of ingests anything they can in regards to like nick nick cage kind of like i'm getting it from all angles just like anything i can find I found myself in a rabbit hole of like trying to find references to Nick Cage in hip hop music, like because I'm, I'm a hip hop fan and like I I'd noticed um, in like a couple of songs, I was like, oh, like Nick Cage is brought up, but it seems to me that the the reference point every time when like Nick Cage is mentioned is Face Off. It's like, do you know what I mean? It's it seems to be like the pinnacle of what people could do is like i'll rip your face off like nick cage it's always like it's kind of like paraphrasing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you yeah. will find that and it's ridiculous um the amount of songs i've managed to find i, I have a spotify playlist uh called uh nick cage rap god which is uh like close to 20 songs if not plus wow. yeah that have some reference to nick cage in them and yeah uh, yeah and they're um, most and they're and they're mostly from face off yeah they're, yeah they're mostly references to face off like there's there yeah there's a a brockhampton song called star and um uh one of the rappers just citing like different celebrities names and finding ways and it's like um the 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 lyric is like um i'll be nick cage with a face off john travolta when the plane takes off which is fantastic <laughs> so you've got like a two for one of like <laughs> great references that are tied together by that one movie um well yeah i i I could talk about him all day but we've got more pressing matters which is stolen or by its original title would have been medallion which like interesting yeah i think would have possibly like drawn me in before now like like stolen just going into this movie like yeah what was your what was your initial thoughts like i don't know obviously you can't you'd seen this movie before but like kind of looking looking at like the the poster and that what were your like initial thoughts when when i first saw either the trailer or whatever it was i remember just going this out of like all the other ones that he came out with around this time and we kind of talk about this time is kind of a weird time for cage where it's almost cookie cutter but not they're different um, especially with these crime kind of things. And what was interesting, I was like, oh my gosh, like Mally Ackerman, you know, uh, Josh Lucas, who I love. Um, the, you know, I'm like, I wish he was in more things. Um, even that MC Ganey or whatever that guy's name is, the old guy. I'm like, yes, I like all these people. This is going to be great. And then you watch it and it was good, but it's one of those where I remember, I was like, I don't fully remember what happened. Yeah. So when I watch it today, it was like watching it, you know, all anew again. And I was like, oh, yeah. My wife was like, but my wife even had it wrong. She was like, I think that guy's bad, the main cop. And I'm like, no, you're used to him being bad. Like in the conspirator, the, the 
Abraham Lincoln thing. I go, he was bad there. He was bad, you know. Yeah, obviously anyway. that, that, that's Danny Houston, right? Like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he's fantastic. He's just got this kind of like weird character trait in this that he's just like he he's a serious cop, but like yeah. he loves to wear a pork pie hat. And that's his <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. angle. That's his angle, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. So yeah, so I I remember I was like I don't know what drew me to it. I think it was the trailer that I was just like I want to see this movie, and and it I love heist i love crime movies and especially that where it's like a daughter you know it's almost like taken it's like okay let's you know well yeah you mentioned the trailer like it's, yeah it's probably a better time than ever to just let's let's play that trailer like obviously listeners at home you can pause the podcast yeah. and actually watch the trailer <laughs> here, yeah. we, here we're gonna let you go you can at least hear it uh yeah so, yeah here, here is the trailer for Stolen. Put your hands in the air! On your knees. When did you get out? I missed you, Will. It's good to see you again, Ryan. I dropped by Alice's. What is she now, 14? You look like your mom. I have to go. Hello? Hello, Will. Vincent? I want my share. Of the $10 million that was going to change our lives. There is no cash. A daughter of yours. She grew up real nice. Where is she? Your former partner has kidnapped your daughter and is holding her in the cab. I'm not being played by you. I want to talk to her now. I want to hear her voice now. This all depends on you. To save his daughter. There's no way you can steal ten million dollars. This isn't your life anymore. I'm running out of time. He has just twelve hours. You don't think he's telling the truth? No, I do not. To steal ten million dollars. Fire alarm just went off a parish community bank. I want this guy nailed. Your father abandoned me. And I'm gonna make him pay for the both of us. I'm going to get you out of this. Nicholas Cage. Time's up. Stolen. So this is very much in the days of the Nick Cage um, Academy Award winner was like the kind of marquee thing that was put on every poster and um yeah. every dvd cover which a lot of the time for me is kind of a mark of like oh no this movie is not gonna be good because it's like they yeah. need some selling point and like i think that that trailer like has done done us a lot of hard work and it really sets up <laughs> like that voiceover really helped out and yeah a, a, an ex-con comes out of prison and he had 12 hours and like that pressure cooker environment, like this, has got yeah. so so much going for it. Like you said, it's got that stolen daughter. It's got the like pressure cooker time like thing. It's got like yeah. the heist. Got, the, yeah, it's, yeah. It's got all these elements. It's got a man like caught between two pillars of like he can't turn to the cops and like he can't really turn to like his old way. Like, do you know what I mean? Like. He's yeah. trying not to just go back to his old ways. He's trying to go straight, but it's like 
he can't. Like even the cops are like, you're you're playing us, you're playing us for a fool, and like it makes for really fun cinema and like the the location like i know it's probably written into most of like cage's contracts nowadays but like using new orleans like yeah obviously this movie wouldn't work anywhere else right yeah 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 it's it's a good it's a good flavor to put in there and it's just where you believe it she works at the bar you know all this stuff you know his friend and you know yeah just works so as somebody who obviously lives in the uk i i, I know little to nothing about uh new orleans and mardi gras have, mm. you, have you ever been have you ever been to mardi gras yes in uh, 2000 i went to mardi gras and uh it was crazier than it was although it was 2000 so it was like oh my gosh it's but it was crazier that like during the day when the cops were running after him and they were giving him beads and stuff, but the whole thing was packed. Like it was just everybody walking in the street and on the sidewalk, but it was fun. Everybody's having a good time. You know, you have to wait in a long lines for, to get your booze, but you know, you're just going from shop to shop. You can take your booze in there while you shop around, you know, it's just fun. Everybody's right. flashing their titties. So you're like, <laughs> Hey, nice. <laughs> so yeah so yeah time. that that that's fantastic and that's like it I, I love i love the set i love the setting of this and obviously like there's a lot of money on screen i guess with like the extras and like the floats and stuff like that and the the set pieces like it's yeah it's not like it's not a cheap it doesn't look cheap even like from the get-go i was like this is a promising like this is a promising start like I was like, "Wow!" Like the the yeah, yeah. It, the the it, the look of it, and then the tools they're you they're not just using you know to break into that safe. They're using like from Thief. I don't know if you ever saw Michael Mann's Thief uh, with James Caan. They're using that big acetylene torch, whatever that is, thermite, not thermite, but whatever it is. It's it's a heavy yeah. duty torch, and it's like okay, they got they got lots of money just doing this, you know. And like, there's like, I just as soon as I realized it was like a like, because I knew nothing about this movie before I watched it. I was like, I assumed it was going to be another like substandard, subpar like taken ripoff. And like, yeah. I was so pleasantly surprised. Like, it had moments of it that it reminded me of uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and I was like, I'm here mm -hmm. for this. And like, yeah, like Vincent, like at the beginning so yeah as we start off we have um nicholas cage again weird he, he always manages to find these weird like character tropes and in, in this he's just like obsessed with clear clear uh credence clearwater revival and yeah. like this exchange he has of his daughter on the phone is just great like and then up until that point up until i think it's vincent says to him um played by josh lucas right like yeah he, he says like Oh, do you not like you? Do you always have to have like a conversation with your daughter like that before you're about to like commit? Yeah, a, like, commit grade one felony. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and and it was good because and that, like you said, reminds you of other movies and not in a bad way. But him listening to that music reminded you of Gone in sixty seconds when he's listening to Lowrider and then he's like, 
let's go, you know? Yeah. And it's like, uh, and that made you go, okay, he's getting psyched up. And it was a cool little thing that he had. Cause it wasn't a famous Creedence Clearwater revival song. It was like a deep cut and he just, you know, listened to it. And, and then him talking to his daughter was all like, Oh, I colored on the wrong page. Okay. I'll do the, and you're just like, all of a sudden he was serious man in the moment. Now he's full on about his daughter. It was so cool. And it's got that like element to it that like that right there, that phone call did so much like kind of backstory on the character. Like I kind of like knew who, who Will Montgomery was from that point on. And like, it's a well played out trope of the kind of roguish guy, like criminal, but you root for him very much in kind of like the cookie cutter mold of like, a Danny Ocean, which like another yeah. film this movie like draws upon. Like it's kind of got this I don't know faux seventies feel to it in, in the way yeah. that kind of the oceans like the Steven Soderbergh Oceans Eleven Oceans movies kind of ate yeah, that sixties style. Gritty this, criminal, yeah. Th- this has it with like even like the score, like kind of reminds me of like old like I don't know, like, it reminds me of movies like Taking of the Pelham 1, 2, 3 and, like, that kind of, like, bit, like, gritty and stuff like that. But, like, I don't, yeah. like, yeah. And it's, it's really, like, from, from the get-go, it's really enjoyable. And, like, as I kept seeing people pop up on screen, like, I've got to admit, I didn't know who Josh Lucas was. Like, my notes here, I just put, like, he looks like a low-rent Matthew McConaughey. And that's kind of how he plays it at the start. Like, he's this... Yeah. Very He's interesting like a, guy, right? Well, and, you know, I saw him, I think the first time I saw him was maybe in the movie Stealth with Jamie Foxx and uh, and the girl uh, the girl that's married to uh, Justin Timberlake. And, uh, and I was like, oh, wow, that guy, I like that guy. And then he's not in much. And so when I do see him, I'm like, cool, he's in something, you know, I like this. And um, I even wrote down that uh, later on when he goes crazy, maybe I'll start a podcast like you have caged in. I'm going to do a look at Lucas because (laughs) in this movie, he's nutso, you know, and it's great. Like his, his character, like when you see him after like the revelation that he's not dead. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, wow, they've gone to town with this and it's like, in all the best ways, he feels like he's from a different movie. All of a sudden, I felt like I was watching The Last Action Hero. He's kind yeah. of, like, got that, like, heightened knowing, like... And, and it's it's true to see from, obviously, like, Simon West movies. Like, yeah. Con Air is just, like, a rogues gallery of, like, these, like, heightened characters and criminals. And, like, Vincent is very much in that mold. Like, and it's, like... What? A, well and it it, to 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 kind of put it all into perspective for people at home hopefully this will do it my wife said okay let's watch it she goes i think we've seen it when it cut to him driving the cab when you first see him like you said she was like whoa like because now he's got long hair he's got like scratches and scabs on his face and he just looks like he was road hard and put away wet like he's He's just tore up from the floor up or whatever. So look at me using all the hip references. (laughs) And, and, uh, and, And yeah, it makes you go, holy shit. And then you realize how much, you know, when he gets out of the cab, he's got one leg. He talks about, you shot me in the leg. Now he's got one leg and you're like, holy shit. And he's 
and then he's got anger issues and he's like this full you know you want cage to flip out this guy flips out at the drop of a hat you know yeah and he kind of he kind of takes up all that energy in this movie but like yeah. it's it's all for the good like i just thought that that as a villain he's like fantastic and like it's just these scenes and like he goes on this like long spiel at one moment when he has like an australian tourist in the back of the car <laughs> yeah i wrote that down yeah he talks all about the we took all of our prisoners and took every you know you guys did not us took all your prisoners and sent them to australia and he's like rapists and pimps and whores and that and that guy and i'm just like holy shit like he's laying into this guy and the guy's like maybe i should get off my phone maybe i shouldn't you know and then he just <laughs> goes crazy on the guy and it's like and you wonder if in a way I think Cage is good enough where he knows like Cage isn't going to be jealous. How come that guy gets this good character? Dial it down. I'm going to dial it up. Yeah, I'm sure he was just like, go for it. I love what you're doing. You know, well, Cage kind of gets a, a weird role in that. Like he is very like downplayed and it's good to see him as kind of somebody who like he's just two steps ahead of everyone at every time and it's like it it, it reminded me very much of like the, the oceans movies like in that it just he's always got something up his sleeve and like just will go to any lengths to get out of situations whether that's like sneaking into like the fbi headquarters and kind of like taking yeah. out to like to the agents and like handcuffing yeah. them just simple stuff like that which is just like yeah like well great. and and the thing when he first gets a phone and he, he and he forwards it to the other you know forwards one phone to the other and you're like oh my god that's brilliant like genius oh it because and then puts it on the train let's uh let's the uh let's the uh, phone keep going so you know, it's it's those things where I remember when I first saw that, I was like, I was like, forwarding the phone is, that's a cool thing. Like, I like that trick. Yeah, because he sends the phone to Toulouse, doesn't he? Because that, that's yeah. what he says to Vincent. He says, uh, the money is in a truck with my lawyer in Toulouse and I need, I need to go get it. And that's when it's kind of this moment because he's kidnapped the daughter and says, I'm going to I'm gonna kill her unless you get me yeah. the, the 10 million in, to like, in and, 12 hours and and that's where also like you talk about this movie being a little different is where normally then that guy goes then our main hero goes on the adventure to try to get his daughter back he goes directly to the cops he's a convict goes directly to the cops and says hey i need your help but this guy's not dead and they're going bullshit you're lying and they just send him on his way and in this cheap shitty movie they would just go this guy's dead we know it but these cops are actually like, well, let's investigate a little bit. Let's check it out, you know. Like you mentioned, yeah, we, we talk about Vincent. There's so many, so many, like, scenes that are just, like, skin-crawlingly, like, disturbing with him. And, like, it's perfectly summed up by the dispatch, um, like, manager of the cab company <laughs> works for Medallion. I, I, I wrote that dialogue <laughs> down, Yeah. Oh, do you have the dialogue? Because, uh, yeah, it was great. Well, he says, he, he says, like, to the cops, he's like, oh, that, that guy, like, terrifies my kids every time they come in to see me whilst I'm working. <laughs> and he's like, my kids are in their 20s. And then like, you see this photo of him. 
And even though we've seen him for a good portion of this movie, when I saw that photo, I was like, gave me the heebie-jeebies. I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. He's a striking guy. Like, I think the best way to describe him is basically um, Matthew McConaughey in Moondog, if you've uh, uh, the the Beach Bum. Uh, Yeah, the Beach Bum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I haven't seen it, but yeah, I, I imagine him like, yeah. Put into the uh, like Brundle, uh, like the Brundle machine with Peter Stromer. Like <laughs> yeah. it's kind of he, he is a mixture of like those two, and maybe like a, a, like a dollop of um, a Brad Pitt in tr- uh, True Romance. Like he's kind yeah. of got this like like dude aesthetic, but like something's off, and he's like he's gone to extreme lengths to kind of like get revenge and it's like wow like this is good it's kind of like he's he's cut off his own fingers i assume he yeah. cut off the leg right i would i thought that the way i imagine it was yeah because the gunshot hurt him so bad that he went ahead and you know he kept limping maybe it was pain so he went ahead and cut it had it cut off you know and then has one of those uh pistorius uh uh springy legs yeah. you know as, as a prosthetic but yeah, that a uh, good point about uh, a little mix of Stormare because in Fargo you never knew when Stormare was just gonna flip and kill somebody because he was such an evil, you know. And that's how. And this guy with the blonde hair and just him uh, rage issues like are at a ten, and he's yelling at people driving and walking by, and that woman like, what are you wearing the? You know, you got to wear this tight outfit, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and, then not, beat, beat, and then beating up that Australian guy, like, on the side of the street. Pulls him out and beats him up. Yeah. And then there's that, like, hot, like, horrific scene in the alleyway with the cop. And he's like, yeah. he tells him this story, which, like, it's, it's great. Like, it's great. It's a great script as well, this movie. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, the twists yeah. and the turns work really well. But, like, this moment just, like... And it, and it really is telling about his character because, like, he has... It's like he's got a death wish or, like, he wants something to happen because he has the opportunity to leave it. He tells this story of his dad, like, shaving and, like... Because he says to the cop, like, Mardi Gras going off, like... <clears throat> he very much, ha- like, has this outlook of, like, the, the streets are plagued with all this horrible stuff and you, you're stopping me for a broken tail, like, and tells this yeah. tale of dad he says like he's terminally ill and he cut cut himself shaving and he's complaining about it and the cop's like a bit weirded out and he's like you know what just go back to the depot get your light fixed and he's like do you know why he he did that because he's he's filled with vanity and it's like it's like you could have fucking left it like yeah you know? yeah 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 it's yeah it, it's it's the thing of like you said he's almost at the end of his rope where he's just like, I want revenge. I've been waiting eight years and that eight years are driving him nuts. And he's just nutty now. And he's like, I don't care who dies. I don't care if I die. I need to get revenge against this guy. You know, even though they left him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, even like you see that you see the rage he has, even in that like open sequence, because it's, it's a bank job gone wrong. And we get this like, get this confrontation between uh, will and vincent in the alleyway where vincent like tries to essentially kill a janitor and that's what this all comes down to because will's like that's not who we are we're not killers we don't we don't do this 
And like, I just found it funny that the thing, the thing that let Cage down in that scene was the fact like he left the bag of money and it was his running that was his shortcoming, right? Yeah. If yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but like, if I've ever had to like, if I've ever had to run, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, really run like I real can fast go, yeah. i can go fast like do you know what i mean if like if i and i imagine under that situation that pressure i would be able to run like yeah he's yeah big like, strides yeah. and get there and he's just like yeah uh, and it's just yeah. like it's, it's painful to watch but like yeah yeah it leads on to this uh. like great car chase as well like we get this like amazing just zipping around the streets i, I like the i really like the part when they're in the car park i'll call it what you we call it garage uh parking garage um but i want to feel uh i want to feel like i'm a part of a, a guy Ritchie movie uh so in the <laughs> car park and uh and there's that they're coming up at him and he jumps the car like yeah. hits the hits that ramp and like sideways and then goes down and you're like, Oh, that was cool. Like he got away. And then like you were saying about the script, there was a part after he gets, then he gets captured, put in prison. And when he gets out, first thing that that other cop says to him is I hope you got raped every day. And I'm like, Holy shit. I go, first of all, I'm like, wow. Second of all, I'm like, that's a great line. Like, that's really like, I like that. Well, again, like it, it does really well at just kind of setting up who the characters are, and it's mm-hmm. like you're not told, you're shown. Like, yeah. ju- like it's not like oh, this guy just through like a line or like an action. Like we we know with um, uh, CM Gainey's character that he is mm-hmm. he, he is kind of like a turncoat piece of shit. Like Hoyt, yeah. Hoyt is very much that. Um, um, and we know that by him him driving like driving away from the from from, from the crime yeah, yeah from and we, the alley yeah and we 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 know straight away will very much loves his daughter and like he is this mastermind criminal because like it's this real tent like I, I i i i'm a real sucker for this kind of stuff but like when you've got like the scene at the beginning of of the cops behind the door and like you're convinced you're like shit they're behind like they go through that door and they're going to catch them red-handed getting into the safe and like it's edge of your seat stuff you're like oh bloody fucking hell it's coming and then like that i guess again i keep referencing it but it's that it's that oceans 11 reveal isn't it it's that kind of like reveal that like they they're not there and it's like oh fuck like like, it had like from that moment i was like i'm in i'm 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 like a hundred yeah sent into this movie yeah they're like wait they went through the wall and then the guy's like but the wall only go and then they're like oh shit you know they're on the other side and then they have to all drive around to the other side of the building oh well yes because you realize because they think they're like robbing a jewelry store and he's like oh they've been casing this place for three weeks and it's like yeah just that alone you realize he he knows his stuff like like will montgomery is is the kind of genius and it's not like I think in lesser films there would be like claims like that, but we don't get to yeah. see it. Whereas in this, we it's 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 reinforced all the way through that like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's like you said. A lot of it is said that way. There's only two moments. There's an exposition moment when he first gets in the car with the cop, when the cops pick him up from the prison, and the cop says, "My wife left me. 
but you also get to see Nicolas Cage is like, I'm sorry. And he was like, this whole time, like, talking about how it took over his life. And then all of a sudden, that's the only exposition. And then the only other one is some dialogue that I wrote down that I, I for sure thought when you showed me the trailer, it would be in the trailer. But it's when he's beating up Hoyt and Hoyt's, Hoyt's MC Ganey. Hoyt says, bad idea to steal from America's greatest bank robber. Like, I knew that that was a mistake. And you're like, come on, we didn't need that. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> so... But uh, but other than that, yeah, everything was either just shown and not really said, and you just knew, you know, even him, you know, going into that elevator with those FBI guys, I'm like, he's not going to, I go, this is set up like he's going to fight them, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, like Die Hard with a Vengeance or uh, the, the remake of Get Carter, and I'm like, I'm like, is he going to, is he going to do that? And I'm like, no, he they're FBI guys, he's got... And all of a sudden he beats him up and then handcuffs him to the thing. And you're like, holy shit. And then goes up, like you said, and knows to use the FBI card to get into the computer and find out, you know, and find out where MC Ganey is. Yeah. Well, and just to like, just on the thing of like, he will go to any measures to do what he's got to do to get out of a situation. Yeah. A moment that really like, like, Turn my stomach so I was like, I could imagine how fucking painful that would be. It's when he dislocates his own thumb, like when he's put in the back of a cop car and yeah. like he needs he needs to get out to like he, the the phone's ringing and like Vincent has set up these rules that if it rings more than eight times, I will kill your daughter. And I'm like, that's the kind of bomb I like under a table. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like the 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 mounting pressure in this is like. It's so good. It's like not just that like has his like daughter like daughter gone. It's by someone who we thought like like we're led to believe and like the trailer for this. I'm so glad I, I hadn't watched the trailer as well because like when I found out like I was like he he, he I, I had suspicions anyway because I was like he's pretty high on the IMDb list to be just like dead. Yeah, but like yeah yeah. Even when he turned and and I think like the, the <laughs> it is like the way he looks. You're even more like what the yeah. Fuck? but like yeah yeah so like um what was the point i was making but yeah and what you were saying like so you were thinking like maybe it's the girl maybe she's the bad maybe mc Ganey. like i've seen him enough maybe he's the secondary bad guy you know maybe it is uh who's the the guy from conspirator uh what's that guy's name you said the cop uh, uh yeah so the cop's name is uh yeah. tim harland but yeah danny tim, houston yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so you're like maybe it's tim maybe he did it you know maybe he's behind it and he's a bad guy and yeah and then all of a sudden you're like you know then he gets that call and he's like don't you recognize my voice and then you see him and you're like holy shit then you hear all the stories about my leg is killing me for years and you know i've waited and you're like oh my gosh and the pressure of the cops waiting for him to take the money to go get the money that he hid and he seriously did burn it because he was like i'm not going to prison for you know 10 plus years if i don't have any money and i don't have any you know yeah. what i stole on me i'm good so yeah it was yeah it was solid see that came to me as a surprise as well like i i, I was thinking up until yep. like there's a moment when you realize like he yeah. don't I, I think it's like vincent says to him, he's like you don't have the money do you and he's like no and it's like i was like all the way through i thought like the cherry on the top of this movie would be like at the end it's like do you know what i mean he's got like a glint in his eye and he's got he's got the 10 million vincent's yeah. taking care of he's got his daughter back the police think he's innocent like 
Well, and again, with the writing, that's what's great where I like that in movies. You know, sometimes you like it where they're like, tell us where the money is and all this stuff. But when somebody goes, I don't have any money, I don't have the money. And the guy says, you know, seriously, give me the money. And like in this movie where he's like, I burned it. And, you know, and then he's like, let me go get it. And then later he's like, I burned it. I don't have it. And that's when they realize the guy just right away says, you know, Vincent's like, oh, you don't have the money. Instead of, you know, you're lying. Give me the money. Like a whole bunch of back and forth. It's just, yeah, I burned it. Oh, okay. You know. And like other, other, yeah, that, 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 the point I was trying to make earlier, sorry, was right, like sorry. him dislocating the thumb and then mm-hmm. managing to like get out. And it's, it's in this moment, it, I, I knew it straight away when like it kind of like we get this, <laughs> we get this great kind of A team style like crash and like everybody comes out of it unscathed, which I thought <laughs> yeah, was like yeah. a great moment. But just to kind of like really put you in the zone to know what like what you're watching you get the use of the wilhelm scream yeah in, 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 in that moment like somebody's like diving off of a float and like you get this like indistinguishable scream that is like the most kind of sampled yeah. thing in the world right it's kind of used, yeah used as like yeah, the, ah! yeah 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 and the use of just kind of easter eggs in this film i'm not sure if you picked up on it but like there's a moment when um Will gets out of prison and he gets his daughter a stuffed toy from mm-hmm. a um from just like a, a little kiosk or like yeah, a little shop. And yeah. as soon as I saw that, I was like, I love this because you're doing something for the fans here. This is like a little bit of fan service. That's the bunny in the box, right? That is the bunny from Con Air. That is oh, like is it? Oh. yeah, yeah, because yeah. Again, again, it's 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 a, it's the same thing in that like it's a convict getting yeah. out of prison, just wants to go home to see his daughter. Like, yeah. this is like a, a almost like a spiritual sequel to Con Air in that it's yeah. it, it it plays in the same like sandbox, but like yeah, it, and it, and and fun and it was funny because he's like when I last time I talked to her. She likes stuffed animals. She liked Care Bears. And so now it's, you know, eight years later and he's like, I brought you a bear. And what did hit me was when she left the restaurant, took the bear with her. And I turned to my wife, I go, at least she took the bear. Like usually in a movie, they throw the bear out, they throw it in the trash or whatever. She at least took it out. You know, I think she threw it away later, but (laughs) I think she, she at least got in the cab with her or whatever. So, like, that moment that we realise that it's Vincent who's taken uh, the daughter as well, whose name is Alison, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah when he realised, like, he's taken, like, Alison again. Like, I was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I'm some, like, big dum-dum or something, but, like, I was just like, any time there was a reveal in this movie, I was like, oh, what? Like, like yeah. And, yeah. I see a lot of the time that this movie, I don't, I don't, I don't quite get it. I see like, I saw something today on Twitter, like somebody was like, it's, it's a big like thing that's going around at the moment of being like my plans for 2020 and then like my, my 2020. So it will be for oh, instance, right. like, yeah, yeah. A picture of you, like 
living your life like living it up like having fun on like daytona beach or like do you know what i mean living 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 yeah. the dream and then it's like actually you're in like the middle of the desert with no water is your actual yeah. 2020 yeah and yeah. yeah somebody had compiled like two photos and it's like like my, my plans for 2020 and kind of had like vampires kiss um wild at heart adaptation like face off uh, uh, the stuff that like a lot of people would call like the top tier and like the, the main, fun yeah 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 the, yeah, the, the, the ones the, everyone knows not the deep cut so even vampires kiss i would say is a deep cut but but just kind of big like fans go but yeah yeah the yeah. starting lineup basically yeah. The, yeah yeah the starting lineup of like cage movies to kind of like oh, if you're a fan and then yeah. this movie was put in the like like my actual oh, but... 2020 as in like it's supposed to be like some shit heap and like from somebody who's like especially yeah watched a lot like oh is on his way to watch all of these movies yeah. for around this time so this is the year after he did justice mm-hmm. with um uh, guy pierce again a movie that's like promising when you look at that cast it's promising. yeah yeah it's not it's like is is passable like yeah like trespass again teaming up with an old like cohort in joe schumacher is is shit like it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's not good again had a lot of promise and you can kind of see why why cage goes into these movies and like this one pays off really fucking well like it's, yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's not uh cheap uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't see, it seemed like they spent all the money in the right places. Everything, you know, is good. You know, you and I've seen the other movies that aren't as good. And this one is an actual good one. Where again, I wasn't like, Oh, I got to watch this again. I was like, yeah, I think I enjoyed this. And I watched it and I was like, yeah, I did enjoy it. Well, we keep saying it. It is what it is. Do you know what I mean? It's a 96 minute movie. Yeah, yeah. That just like it plays its cards and it plays them well. Like it's it's got it's got a few like cards up its sleeve and play plays them. I think it's, it's it's a nice kind of magic trick of a movie in that like it kind of has all these like twists and turns and does yeah. them really well. Like I'd like to get your opinion as well. Like um, before we kind of like talk about the finale of this movie um mm-hmm. originally like both clive owen and jason statham were attached to the lead of this movie how, how do you think that would have differed from i think i think that would have pulled this over the top i think that would have maybe theatrical release especially at that time 2012 when was uh, children of men that was about 2010 2008 maybe so yeah. I don't know. I mean, Clive Owen's always, I, I first was introduced to Clive Owen in those BMW short films. And I even ordered from BMW, the DVD that had all of the movies on it. Um, <laughs> and a uh, guy, Richie did that Madonna one was great. Um, but yeah, Jason Statham and them, I think that would have maybe made it, but then again, maybe they couldn't have carried it right. You would have had Jason Statham probably playing the weirdo guy and well, no i think both of them were attached at some point to play the character of will oh okay yeah oh, they, oh, they okay. were both the... together no okay. no no no, no. sorry Maybe. No, no. Right, they, right. They, okay. were, they were they were both 
like so yeah nick cage was a third choice for well and also with yeah sometimes with statham just like you know with nicholas cage you know he's got the freak out moments he's got those things but there's never one thing that you can dial into and go that's a kg thing mm-hmm. other than he's going nuts or whatever but with jason statham you would always have that serious look that little quirk that little thing that he has that isn't bad but i think that wouldn't have made this movie it might have brought it down a bit now that i think about it well the, the more and more like i watch these movies like you say about the freakouts the, the more i'm kind of like that is just like a small percentage of what cage does and like yeah I think that is what, like, kind of, like, has, I don't know, ruined it for a lot of people. Like, they kind of, they've ruined it for themselves in, like, they just kind of get swept up in these online videos of, like, top yeah. cage freakouts or, like, the famous ones, like, Nick Cage loses his shit. And it's like, yeah, if you, if you, if you watch that and if you're, like, any keen eye person could tell, that's from, like, a handful of movies. It's not, yeah. like... And, like, even some of them as well, like, Matchstick Men is, like, mentioned in that. And it's like, no, that that is that is a part of the character. Like, he got, yeah. he's, he's got, like, a, a nervous tick and, like, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, he had the, yeah, OCD. And, no, that's where, and that's what I was saying. Like, his thing is just whatever the character is, what he does. Jason Statham's is more like a rock. Mm-hmm a certain thing and not a raised eyebrow but a certain thing that he knows this is my niche this is what i gotta do and i think that it might have made it too you know like transporter was out about then it might have changed the direction of the film making it let's make it more action let's put more you know well yeah and it's very much got that thing of like like jason statham himself as well kind of had a run of movies where he was kind of doing these like one titled like man versus the world like kind of movies whether it's like safe or parker like again like a lot of these a lot of these kind of 2010s nicholas cage movies almost look interchangeable like this and like yeah yeah it wasn't until i i was saying it wasn't until wild card where i was like okay wild card is a good jason statham movie out of because all those others were kind of cookie cutter that one you know stands out and this one stands out you know for this and it's uh hang on what was my notes anyway go ahead i can't help but think like there is a um a parallel universe there's like a multi yeah there's there's a universe out there in which nicholas cage got that role in crank that he that he was like up for or like the directors wanted him to play and yeah. Jason Statham stars in this movie, and it's yeah. like, like how different like things could have been, and like just seeing like Clive Owen's name mentioned in like the kind of uh, trivia for this movie, I, I thought like that's somebody I'd love to see on screen with Nicolas Cage. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like I think I think they would they would work really well, and like I don't know, not in a not in a way that like they look the same, but like. Yeah, they've kind of. Do you know what I mean? They, they yeah, they. They could work. be. They could be partners or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. In the thing of like Cage around this time teaming back up with people, it's kind of like yeah, within the space of like, well, no, in this same year, like mm-hmm. 2012 is when. Uh, oh no, the year later, 2013, 
Frozen Ground came out, which is him teamed up with John Cusack again, which is obviously the last time he was on screen in a movie together was yeah. Con Air. And it's kind of like, that's what I love about this era of Cage. And I think, um, yeah, one of um, one of my guests said it. Uh, it would have been, yeah, that, that mm. Cage's movies now are made by Nicolas Cage fans. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like they they know what they do, and obviously, but obviously, this one is made by someone he's worked with. But like, he he's got to that point where people kind of know who he is, and yeah, they kind of write for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like, hey, you know, yeah. And or they he, let him take those takes. That do you know what I mean? They let him have. Oh, here's 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 a take for you. Yeah, and like you said, back with the trailer, um, I think he's probably a little upset about Academy Award winner. Like, I'm sure. I could see him going, take that off of there. Mm-hmm. I don't want, don't try to, don't do that to promote this film to make money. I just want Nicolas Cage, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, I don't, I guess in marketing that is just like, that That forever is going to be. Yeah, well, I think, <laughs> uh, I think on Catwoman, it was like Academy Award winner, Hal Berry in Catwoman, you know, and it was like, come on, really? Well, I don't so. know, was, wasn't she, she she's, the, the, yeah, this is a tangent, but she's the first actress to win an Oscar and a Razzie in the same year. I think That's it, funny. Um, yeah, probably. I, I could see that. I think she won, yeah, yeah. won an Oscar for Monster's Ball and a Razzie yeah. for Catwoman. So yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, oh, um, that's funny. Uh, back to back to Razzie nominated actors, uh, Nicolas Cage um, yeah. in this. Yeah, what did you think? What did you think of his his performance in this? Like, obviously, it's it's different. It's toned down from normal. I thought it was good. It was. Uh, I I was trying to avoid mentioning a movie called Rage that I watched uh, uh, about a week ago, <laughs> and uh, but it was like that. It was toned down on Rage. He's just kind of this regular, you know, guy. Kind of doesn't really go over the top except for one moment, and here you know, not to spoil the answers that are coming up, but he doesn't have any kind of freak out moments. He just kind of is low key. And it's good because if you had two people that are at that level of Josh Lucas, it may not worked. And it was good that Josh Lucas could take it all that way. And the more that you know about Nicolas Cage or the more movies you watch, I could see, like I said, Nicolas Cage going, oh, is that what you're doing? Cool. I love it. I wish I was that character, but go with it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all for the best. Like, so we get to this, like, kind of heist. Like, the quickest turnaround on a heist I think I've ever seen on <laughs> film, right? Like, yeah. like, like most movies are, I don't know, 80 minutes of build-up to the heist and like the or, like, 60 minutes of build-up and then the last 30 minutes is the heist. This yeah. is just like, right, we're going to give you a 10-minute heist scene. Like, but that's it, it. <laughs> it was good because they set it up in the beginning with all the tools. He used the same tools. They they went in now. He And and it was cool because he didn't just go, well, let's do this. He was like, I've been thinking about this for eight years. Yes. When we left all that gold up there, I have an idea. And she's like, no. And then she's like, okay, I'll go with you to help. And then he goes, and you're thinking, oh, he's going to steal the gold. He's going to cut a big hole. And again, I had seen this before, but I forgot until he went through the hole, you know, through the thing. And then all of a sudden you see this gold dripping down. And I'm like, holy shit, he's melting the gold. 
and it's dropping into water and then getting cool. And then she's pulling it out into these big chunks and putting in duffel bags. And you're like, wow, that's cool. Well, yeah, I guess that like that, that's two birds or one stone in that moment. Just like, again, let you see what, what a genius he is. Cause not only are they like, it's a way to get it out of the, the safe. It's, it's a way that they're, it's, it's not, it's not the same. It's not the same gold bars. It's not, not traceable obviously trying to sell oh, and it, yeah it was just where you thought they were going to steal this whole thing and now it's just leaking it in there and the cops are up above and they're not even you know yeah. then they have to oh shit they're down below so yeah yeah because um will and riley managed to like get away and it's again there's so many it keeps it keeps pulling like the rug from underneath you and you love yeah. it. Like when she stopped by the cops and it's like, he's like, it's not even like two yeah. steps ahead. He's like 10 steps ahead at all time. You're like, Oh, they fight. The jig is finally up and she's got a mannequin in like. And it, and it flipped it where I'm thinking like every movie, that's not going to be the truck they're looking for. The red truck is going to be behind them. They only saw yes. this red truck. When they pull him over, I go, it's going to be somebody totally different. And it's her in there with the mannequin. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then he, he's, you know, taken off. And it's so good. And there's this, like, again, can't help but say that this movie knows what it is and, like, leans into it. In that, like, there is a showdown at a fucking fairground as, like, the <laughs> finale of this. It's like, right, this is popcorn fun. And like, yeah. let's let's just enjoy ourselves. We've got this kind of grotesque, not 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 just in the way of appearances, but we've just got this like yeah. grotesque villain who like up until this up until this showdown, we haven't like we've kind of understood like his motives, but then like even that's like thrown out of the window because his motives change. Like it's this is the this yeah. is the moment he is face to face with will since that night well and it's like the joker with you know at an amusement park the joker he's like messed up like the real stringy joker that you get in the comic books and and yeah and it's this is the moment when you see that he doesn't really care he just wants nicholas cage dead or to hurt him you know in some way and, yeah, and you know he's willing to kill the daughter like he's got flair he douses the like cab in like petrol and he's like i see it she's like i'm just gonna kill her yeah. and then like <laughs> what i loved like the, the the i think like the moment where i was like just when i thought like this movie couldn't get any better for me it's like cage is there struggling he's managed to like run over vincent like whilst like driving a burning cab and he's like the only way i can get out of this is to like drive into this pond he yeah. does it and then he's trying to like pry open the boot he's trying to like get in the trunk and get her out yeah. and then yeah. all of a sudden like jason Voorhees, we get like yeah. vincent shoot out of the water and kind of like all like burnt and mangled and it's like this is just comic book fun because like yeah. no way would somebody literally like he's had like a leg amputated he's cut off yeah. all his own fingers like he was laying there on fire yeah when he took off he was laying there on fire yeah yeah he's been he's, he's been burnt he's been shot he's been run over it's, it's like a roadrunner cartoon it's like this thing like all this stuff's happened to him and he's just like 
he keeps coming and it like he throws up again. Yeah, he just keeps coming for him. Like it's like it's like oh, a, a like a roadrunner cartoon in that like yeah, he just keeps coming for him and it's like and then like it takes him to like I don't know if like it eventually kills him in like a, a really like a really brutal way, which just like for me, like was one moment I was like, right, your daughter is is right there. <laughs> And yeah. it's like, kind of like a weird moment where he's like, right, I'm going to impale this guy with a spike. And not only yeah. that, I'm just going to like fucking shut him like in the boot of the car. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, and then uh, yeah, that's those moments where I didn't even think of that. I was just thinking, uh oh, what's he going to do? And then he stabs him, and then you know he saves her, and then stabs him, and all that, and then ju- then the thing starts going down, and now you're like. It's one of those, it's also then a story of revenge, you know, doesn't work. You know, yeah. you should either dig two graves or, you know, just leave it alone. Like, it's not going to help. You know, he ends up dying anyway. So, and uh, and then, go ahead. No, no, it's just going to say, like, the end. Like, what? Well, yeah, like, do you want to kind of just, like, tell us about this, this end well, scene we have? Yeah, so... Uh, I put, uh, let me see. So yeah, it was the, uh, he's bleeding and, uh, now the kid cares about her dad and <laughs> she flags down a police helicopter and they put him in the helicopter to take him to the hospital. And you're thinking, okay, he's just injured real bad and he's going to be okay. And he's uh, holding Allison's hand and he says, Allison. And she says, yes. And then he closes his eyes and that's it. And even the cop, Tim is like, Oh, like kind of like he's a little sad. He's got tears in his eyes. And you're like, did he die? And I'm like, he can't he can't die. No. Like if he does die, that's cool. But kind of unclimactic, like, you know, anticlimactic. And then, uh, no, he's alive. Cage and the female and his daughter are getting ready for a barbecue. Like maybe a week later, he's all, you know, button up shirt and all looking nice. And uh, and he. And he goes and the cops are watching him from a boat across the way and he gets into his back of his truck and there's a clump of gold of like a little like about the size of a you know softball. And he's like, oh, look, you didn't throw this away. And then the cops are like, oh, I hear him talking. He's he's going to use the gold. And what's cool about this is Tim, who's been following him this whole time, lost his wife. Tim is going, throw it away, throw it away. And the other cops going, no, keep it, keep it, do something. Like, come on, come on. And he's like, throw it away, come on, throw it away, throw it. Away. And then finally, he uh, he goes back to the table and he's talking to her. And then and there's pineapple on the table, but you don't really think about the pineapple. I was kind of, but not really. And then uh, and then you see him from the boat. They see that Nick gets up and goes over and throws it in the water, the gold. And so he's like, yes, thanks. You know, Tim's happy that now he's not a criminal. He's like, now I can go back to my regular life. And then it cut, then they go to leave to go eat some barbecue chicken or whatever. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you see a pineapple floating to the bottom of the water. And then you see gold sitting in the ashtray as they're walking in the background. So it was like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's got this kind of like uh, Fast and the Furious esque ending of like yeah. those movies always end with them like at a barbecue, like yeah, it's all about family, <laughs> family. Um, yeah. yeah, and like I thought, like that was like that was like a great payoff for me. I was like, do you know what? This is like 
this has worn its heart on its sleeve and just like a nice like big bow at the end of it to just be yeah. like this is what it is he does he like you didn't know how he was going to get away with it and how he was going to like come out on top but he's managed to do it in this in this way and like you mentioning about him and him and detective harland there's like this kind of uh de niro al pacino heat kind of relationship they have where there's like yeah. a mutual respect yet like they are they are on opposite te- teams and it's like again like that's a that's a that's a big movie to be like reminding people of like it's a risk a risky move like and i imagine the writer and like yeah the writer of this must like yeah. be like oh that is like that is something yeah this is what i'm going for and tim even said it at that one point his partner goes how can you how do you like that guy or whatever and he's like i respect him yeah i don't you know i don't whatever but i respect him you know yeah because we get this like moment with um harland where he talks about um like when he when he first arrest will at the beginning and like again a perfect moment of just like letting you know what a character is like in a snapshot he says like all he says to him is like uh my wedding right. day the day my twins were born like this day and he's like highlights yeah. i'm talking highlights and yes that 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 lets you know that this guy will stop at nothing that and he he likes to wear a pork pie hat yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like John Travolta uh, chasing yeah. uh, Castro Troy. It's like it was this big, giant thing. So by the by the end, he's like, oh, I finally got you. And yeah, the pork pie hat. I'm wondering if like people go, I want to be like Popeye Doyle in The French Connection, so I'm going to wear that. Or if my wife drags me up. You froze up, and I didn't know if you heard my wife go, rumpus time is over, because <laughs> like, that's from Step Brothers. And I'm like, I know, honey, I'm almost done. <laughs> um, the, uh, but anyway, I said, uh, I don't know if that came out, uh, French Connection yeah. wears a pork pie hat, uh, Popeye Doyle does. And so I wonder if some people, when they're playing detectives, they're like, I need to look like the 70s. But like you said, this was like that gritty 70s kind of, you know, feel. So, Perfect. Well, uh, like. I'll wrap it up because obviously rumpus time is over as, as your wife uh, interrupted to say. Um, yeah, would yeah. you recommend people watch this movie? Yes. And uh, here in the States, I found it on Crackle. It's on a couple of streaming services for free with commercials. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, it was Perfect. good. Um, I'll ask you nice and quick, three questions as always. Does Nick Cage have bad hair in this movie? I don't think so. I think his hair is normal. I mean, in a normal way, you never know what his real hair is. But I think it's his real hair, but who knows? Second question, as always, is... Does Nick Cage have a weird voice in this? Does he do anything crazy with his voice? I don't think so, which is interesting because he's in New Orleans and he could have put on this New Orleans like the like the dispatcher had. Like he could have put on that kind of accent, but yeah, he didn't. He could have really gone. He could have been like a a raging Cajun cage. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and yeah, we're talking about raging. Does do we get a Nick Cage freakout in this movie? No, uh, I don't think so. Other than you know, yeah, I don't think so. He's just like, I don't have your money. He's not like, I don't have your fucking money. You know, he's just like, I don't have your money. Like this, this film and, is an anomaly. Like because and now here, 
I was just going to say, here's what goes against your rule is usually you said on one of your shows, if you have two out of the three, that's a good Nicolas Cage movie. This has none of the three. It's a good Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, it's not only a good Nicolas Cage movie. It's just yeah. a good movie. Like, yeah, this is like, yeah, I'm, I, I can't help but think if this was called and if you're, as opposed to Stol- if you're a Josh Lucas fan, you know, yeah. and and it's like Josh Lucas. I don't know. I'd love to have known if he had like talked to Cage about his character in that like he does very much channel like that Nicolas Cage energy. Yeah in that kind of like off the wall like i'm just gonna go with it i'm just gonna like push this character as far as i can go and it's yeah it's yeah it's 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 all for the it's all for the best and um so before i let you go uh phil obviously you do my celluloid heart um how how have things like changed for you what's going on now and obviously you you were working on a big project, right? To to cover every James I, Bond movie. I was doing. Uh, I normally take two movies and I put them together by one topic or theme. So like, you know, uh, you did uh, the Family Man on your uh, on here, and me and Joe Merle, we did the Family Man and It's a Wonderful Life, two yeah. Christmas movies. You know, so we put those together and did that last Christmas. And um, then I went through all the a lot of the Bond films up to Pierce Brosnan. And I haven't gone through yet through the Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. But right now, what's going to be coming up or what's out when you listen to this is uh, I did uh, Temple of Doom with uh, King Solomon's Minds by uh, Richard Chamberlain. And uh, because they're both because the other one is a, you know, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark light, <laughs> you know, movie. <laughs> so uh and I did that with Jason Bromley and we had a lot of fun and you can find me at my cellular heart podcast at any, wherever you find your podcasts on Instagram, my cellular heart podcast and on uh, Facebook, my cellular heart podcast. Perfect. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure um, having you on the podcast this week, Phil. And yeah, uh, I'm sure at some point uh, I'm, I'm, we'll, 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 we'll talk and we'll, 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 we'll get, we'll get caged up again and, As your wife very much said, rumpus time is over. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, we're supposed to go eat or something. So, all right. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. You too. Thank you. And there we have it. That was stolen, uh, which I'm not sure if you've seen it or... Or you can't, couldn't tell from that, but I'd very much recommend this movie. It's uh, really fun. It's really great. Um, yeah, Nick Cage. It gives us something different. Uh, and it's one that you definitely can't judge from the poster. So thank you again to Phil for being on this. Be sure to check out my celluloid heart. If your opinions differ or if they're the same to mine, or Phil's, please get in touch and you can do that on all of the social medias at Cajun in Pods, that's Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or you can always email which is cagedinpod at gmail.com and as I mentioned last week I'm not going to promote Patreon here at all, I'm going to further 
point you in the direction of please donate your money to charity to donate it to charities helping funds for people uh, whether it's bail funds or or charitable uh, donations to help people of color to to get that get that i don't know leg up that, that for so many years the system has deprived them on um this may all sound like uh, virtual signaling or, or whatever but obviously I'm I'm trying to use this platform that I have to do to do some good and um, yeah I'm not I'm not trying to be some kind of white saviour in any way at all uh, and it, feel, it feels gross that I even have to to state that people who listen to this podcast know that um, I am who I am and yeah um, if I'm passionate about something uh, I will talk about it and this is something I'm very passionate about but as always I've been Petra Patsivus. You have been amazing. Thank you for listening very much to the end. And please tune in next week when I'll be joined by David Trumbull to talk about the Croods. It's a real fun one. And David knows exactly what he's talking about, having worked in animation and that in story uh, for animated films. It's a fascinating, fantastic conversation. So I look forward to you joining me next time. And as always... You have been lovely. Bye. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.